once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a beat wisdom is good for all areas of our lives and that is what we try to cover on the wisdom in all things podcast we look at wisdom as it applies to our minds our bodies and souls for more resources on this stop by wisdominallthings.com in today's episode the bucket list is a cover up dun 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 part 1 Staring into the infinite abyss, Blaise Pascal says, what else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but that there was once in man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace? This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can only be filled with an infinite and immutable object. In other words, God himself. I'll add to that what Jesus said in John 10.10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now that sounds like a right-sized bucket list. In fact, no other bucket list compares. Life abundant? Can skydiving even compare with that? Truly understood, Could collecting extreme experiences even come close to satisfying the God-designed ache within our souls? Given the popularity of the bucket list, you'd think so. Because it is designed by God to be only satisfied by God, filling this infinite abyss is going to require more than a bucket and a list. Glomming on supposed soul-satisfying layers can only temporarily distract us from this gaping hole in our soul. No physical effort, no matter how extreme, could address a spiritual problem. We're not only the wrong person for the job, we lack the right tools. Only Jesus can span the width, depth, and breadth that is this spiritual chasm. Dr. Thomas Constable says, Jesus, on the other hand, not only came to bring spiritual life to people, but he came to bring the best quality of life to them. The eternal life that Jesus imparts is not just long, but it's also rich. He did not just come to gain sheep, but to enable his sheep to flourish and to enjoy contentment and every other legitimately good thing possible. There simply isn't a bucket list that could account for the plentiful quality and quality of life that Jesus provides. When he provides life, it is life that is all around, more than, beyond what is anticipated, exceeding expectation, and going past the expected limit. That's Strong's Concordance definition of abundant. Get that? All around, more than, beyond what is anticipated, exceeding expectation, going past the expected limit. That sounds better than a bucket list. What would it look like to kick the bucket list for the abundant life? Let's talk a little bit about plugging the hole in the soul. Okay, first, I don't want to imply in any way that the abundant life could be compiled into a list. In my tour of the New Testament, and we'll talk about half now, the other half will be highlighted in uh, part two, I plucked out possibilities from each book to help explore what God intended by life abundant in ways we may never have seen before. So first, fast for longer than a day, in a healthy way, of course, or fast through a, a challenging trial. In Matthew 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Surely we could maybe do it for a day, but do so safely. A second possibility, command a mountain to be taken up and thrown into the sea. You've probably heard the expression, faith that moves mountains. 
Have you ever prayed in this way? Or rested in God with such confidence as to have no doubt when believing great things? Mark 11.23 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Third way the abundant life could look, cleanse the temple at least once. It may not require you to flip tables, but when conviction erupts, your voice should be heard. Is there correction you need to bring to where you fellowship? Luke 19:45 and 46 says, And he entered the temple, and he began to drive out those who sold, saying to them, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. There might be a need for you to cleanse the temple, so to speak. Number four, track down the answer to your most perplexing question of or about God. What is that one thing you just don't get about God? Maybe it is something that you've been hiding from or something that keeps tripping you up over and over again. Going directly to Jesus, even in the cover of darkness, is the way to address it. Kind of like Nicodemus. Listen to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? In this particular instance, Nicodemus was really driving toward understanding what it means to have eternal life. If that's your perplexing question or other questions, track down the answer. Go to God in prayer, work through the Bible, and watch God respond. Number five, give till it feels incredible. Give past the point of obligation until you're giving cheerfully, realizing that what we own is not ours to keep, but ours to share. Acts 4.32 gives some perspective on this. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Give as someone has need. Here's the sixth possible way that we're living the abundant life. Do you fear being exposed as a follower of Christ? Is it dependent on the situation? What next step could you take to begin dialing back the defenses? Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Number seven, begin treating your body as a temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you're God's temple? and that God's Spirit dwells within you. Your body as a temple is about God indwelling you. So what should the place look like? Number eight, let God's grace be sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 9, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, Paul says. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Another way that we're living the abundant life. Here's number nine. Live one whole day by the Spirit. This is what it would look like. Galatians 5, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Imagine what your life would look like if one day you lived just like that, that out of you came all these characteristics of the spirit-filled life, the abundant life, 
Number 10, speak the truth, only the truth. Truth is what we have left when you put away falsehood. How many relationships would have otherwise been strengthened and healed had the truth been spoken? Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We're in this together. Speak the truth. Number 11, count all as loss. What are you counting as gain that isn't Christ? Philippians 3, 7 and 8 says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. What are you putting before Christ? The twelfth example of living the abundant life is to kill every idol. It is so serious. Idols are so serious, God wrathfully opposes them. Colossians 3, 5, and 6 says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality and impurity and passion and evil desire and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things the wrath of God will come. He does not hate you. He hates those things that keep you from him. And lastly, number 13, remember your faith will be reported on. What will your report look like? Would it be longer than a paragraph? Write down what you think it might look like and then ask a close friend to take a red pen to it. What would your faith report look like? First Thessalonians 3, 6, and 7 says, But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. I'm adding report, your faith report. The abundant life is full of the unexpected, leading us through unique, heart-pounding circumstances that are truly life-changing. Aside from the fact that it doesn't require any special equipment, travel, or that you have to use up precious vacation time, you won't need to share your list with anyone. It will be self-evident. That is how we quickly understand and apply wisdom in all things, mind, body, and soul. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom in All Things podcast. If you want to dig into wisdom a little bit more, please stop by wisdominallthings.com.